0: Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Before we get started today, I want to remind you, we are only one week away from opening the 4 Center, our first non-portable facility right here at 2314 Bren Road in Murray. So we can't wait to welcome you and your friends on February 27th to one of our services. They're going to be at 9 and 1030 a.m. You are invited and invite all your friends and family who are not in church to join you. It is going to be an unforgettable day. And for more information, you can visit journeycalway.com. Now, on to today's episode of Journey at Home. You know, one of the most challenging parts of being a follower of Jesus, I think, is talking about our faith. But it's not because we're ashamed of it. It's not because it hasn't made our lives better. But talking about our faith is difficult simply because we really don't want to offend those of you who aren't followers of Jesus yet. If we're being honest, we're often scared that we're going to come across as too pushy or maybe too confrontational. We definitely don't want to fit in the stereotype of Christians who are that way. But at the same time, Those of us who follow Jesus, well, we're convinced following Jesus will make your life better, and it's going to make you better at life because it's done that for us. So we just want you and all of our friends to know about it. And maybe most importantly, we want you to know we're not following Jesus because that's what we were raised to do. We're not following Jesus because that's what the Bible says to do. No, our hope is tied to an event. It's tied to the resurrection. We have hope because Jesus died and rose again to pay for our sins. But the thing is, we don't often get a lot of opportunities to talk about why that matters to us. I mean, every now and then, somebody will be curious enough to ask us questions, but more often than not, we encounter these awkward moments, don't we? Awkward moments when somebody just takes a shot at what we believe. It's the, oh, you're one of those church people kind of comments, or, well, I didn't know you were into that Bible stuff, or, oh, yeah, 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 that's right, I'd forgotten you were religious. You know, it's just this quick shot, and then the subject changes, the conversation moves on, And here we are as Christians, we just don't always know how to respond, do we? And I certainly do not blame those of you who aren't Christians for this. I mean, you respond that way for a reason. I would suggest that the responsibility is on those of us who do follow Jesus to earn your respect enough. Well, to earn it enough, you want to have a conversation. To earn it enough that you're willing to be curious about why we have the hope that we have. And you all may be surprised to discover that Peter, who is one of Jesus' closest friends, he believed the same thing. You see, American Christians, they, we talk about being persecuted. It kind of makes me want to roll my eyes whenever we do it. I mean, somebody won't date you because you're a Christian, or somebody doesn't invite you to a weekend in Nashville because they know you follow Jesus. Uh, during the first year of COVID, there was a lot of talk among some Christians about facing persecution because there were state governments asking churches not to meet in person. I, honestly, I just roll my eyes at all that because I can promise you that there are Christians in other parts of the world today, they would love to be facing those challenges and that persecution. And I can guarantee you, Peter and the first century followers of Jesus, man, they would have signed up for that kind of persecution any day. In Peter's day, Christians were hunted down, they were gathered up, they were imprisoned, they were impaled simply for their faith. But even in the midst of those extreme conditions, Peter reminded them they had the opportunity to provide hope for those who didn't have it. Now, in the last episode, we read this advice he gave them. I want to read it to you again. In 1 Peter 3, Peter said, Who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? And the answer is, well, typically nobody. But that was happening to Christians. So he said, but even if you should suffer for what's right, you're blessed. Don't fear their threats. Don't be frightened. And then he gave this great advice. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Because once you let Jesus call the shots in your life, once you're actually surrendered to him, once you're actually following him, Well, you find a hope in you that other people don't have, and it's going to be obvious to everybody around you. So you should be ready to give them an explanation for why you have that hope. And Peter says the explanation is simple. It is the resurrection. That's it. Peter, why do you follow Jesus? Peter would say, oh, well, he was my friend. But then once he got arrested, I got so scared I denied him three times, told people I didn't know him, I ran away, I abandoned him, I gave up all hope that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And then Peter would say the craziest thing happened a few days later, after he was placed in a tomb, there I am having breakfast with him on a beach. That's why I have hope. Whenever a man predicts his death and resurrection and pulls it off, Peter would say, I'm going to follow him no matter what it costs me. You just consider me ready to go. I mean, that was Peter's answer anytime somebody asked him why he was willing to face all the challenges that he faced to follow Jesus. He would just tell people, my hope is tied to the resurrection. But." Peter has some more advice for us. He's not finished. He feels a need to give all of us some advice on how we should share while we have the hope that we do. So here's what he wrote next. He said to all of us who are followers of Jesus, but I want you to do this. I want you to share about the reason for your hope with gentleness. In other words, when you're talking to somebody about why you follow Jesus, you're not trying to win an argument. You're not doing it to prove you're right. The point isn't to power up and win the war because there is no war. You're just sharing why you follow Jesus and you're to do it with gentleness. You know what gentleness means? It just means I'm going to treat the person with care because I believe they have extraordinary value. Peter says, every time you talk about your faith, you ought to do it with that kind of gentleness, with that kind of care. And then he writes, and do it with respect. Now, this is just my opinion, but since I'm sitting in front of the camera and you weren't willing to do it, well I get to share my opinion, okay? So I think the reasons, the main reason Christians are not respected in our culture today is because we haven't been respectful. Somehow, we got the idea that we were in the majority, and I don't think we were ever in the majority, but we got the idea we were. We thought we were the majority, and when you think you're the majority, you start acting like you have authority, and you become disrespectful to those in the minority. So for too long, we as Christians were not known for gentleness, and we were not known for respect. And if you're being honest, it's why some of you who aren't Christians, well, that's why you're not a Christian, isn't it? It's why some of you used to go to church, but then you walked away. You got tired of Christians who were not gentle and respectful to others. And I'm just going to admit it, you're right. I mean, we as Christians and, and as a whole, we lost our credibility in this culture. And we will not get it back until we live and act in a way that earns the respect of people who do not believe like us. So Peter goes, hey, I want you to talk about the hope that you have. But I want you to talk about with gentleness and respect. Because the people who believe differently than you believe, well, they believe that way for a good reason. I mean, nobody's wrong on purpose, right? They, they have some valid reasons in their mind. So be respectful. And then Peter adds, while you're doing this, you keep a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. In other words, Peter's going, Don't do anything that would cause you to look like a hypocrite to people who don't believe like you. Don't say you value one thing and then live a different way. Don't talk the talk, but not walk the walk. I mean, make sure your actions line up with what Jesus has called us to do. This is at the heart of why we focus so much on being for our communities here as a church. People may not believe like we believe, and we understand that, but they really ought to be glad we're in their community behaving like we behave. I mean, we should bring so much good to our schools, to our workplaces, to our homes, that they're glad to have us around. They ought to be going, okay, sure, we believe some crazy stuff. I mean, those people believe a man died and walked out of a tomb under his own power. But by golly, they ought to be going, we don't, want to ha- we don't have to worry about them lying to us, mistreating our daughters, cheating us out of our money. My point is, our good behavior ought to speak for itself. Peter is saying your words matter, but your actions better validate your words. And if you're going to get criticized for something as a Christian, be criticized for being too generous, too loving, too gentle, too kind, too patient. So here's a question I want to ask you, and I'm just asking you because I I want to know if you have a good, logical, well-thought-out answer for this. For those of you who are Christians, why have you chosen to follow Jesus? Can you explain that in simple, quick terms? Simple, quick terms when somebody doesn't have a lot of time, Maybe when they're not real interested, but they're curious. I think your answer ought to be Peter's answer. I think your answer ought to be, hey, Jesus died and rose again to pay for my sins. That's where I find my hope. And more importantly than what you say, I think when people watch your life, they ought to see you living with that kind of hope. They ought to see in your life and in mine a life full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. When they watch you, when they interact with you, They ought to know you're for them because they see you're filled with all of those qualities. Your behavior should earn you the respect and the right to share why you follow Jesus. Listen, if nobody's willing to listen to you explain why you follow him, maybe it's because no one respects the kind of life you're living in front of them. And you need to say less. You need to surrender more to your Heavenly Father's work and leadership in your life. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I got a question for you. Why have you chosen not to follow Jesus? And if I can respectfully push on you just a little, it's not an acceptable answer to say, well, all those Christians are hypocrites. The church hurts people. I don't believe in all those miracles that happen. I mean, who could believe the Old Testament? I'm a person of science. No, no, no. None of that is at the center of this issue. You need to answer the question why you're not following Jesus. Do you have a good reason not to follow the one who died and rose again to pay for all your sin? Do you have a good explanation for ignoring the one who gave his life for you so you could be forgiven and adopted into his family? Maybe, maybe you ought to reconsider whether it's worth it to follow him. if you're ready to do that, it's real simple. All you have to do is say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life. If you want to explore it more, you can keep joining us for Journey at Home, or better yet, if you live in the Murray area, you can come join us for an in-person service. I promise you. We'll only have conversations with you that are full of gentleness and respect because we want to earn your respect. And if our actions don't line up with our words, you are free to call us on it because we want to represent our leader well with the way we love and the way we live towards you. Final thought. For those of us who do follow Jesus, you never know when your invitation may lead to something extraordinary in somebody else's life because we are surrounded by people who need hope, people who are desperate for hope, people who are struggling and aren't sure it's possible to find hope. And your single invitation might lead to a transformation that can only happen when people come face to face with the hope that Jesus provides. So pay attention this week to the opportunities you have. Maybe to invite somebody to check this out online, maybe to invite somebody to come to an in-person service, but most importantly, look for the opportunities when you can share with somebody about the hope that you found in Jesus yourself. Let me pray for us. Father, we're so grateful for that hope. Would you help us to live it out well? Would you help us to share it clearly? Would you help us to do it with gentleness and with respect? In your name we pray, amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit JourneyCalway.com. That's JourneyCalway.com. Thanks for listening.